whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. everybody and welcome to the BSEA Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant. That it is. And uh, we're in the middle of cold snap 2021. The, the south is like freaking out with the cold weather. It's fucking cold. I guess you guys too, northeast <laughs> is getting pounded. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was well. uh, 26 today. The good news is it was twenty six um, here today. It was twenty six here today. How the good f- news is insane. our neighbors, our neighbors' um, personal ice hockey rink that they build every year is perfectly frozen. It is nice. wonderfully smooth. It, it's it's been fun. I, honestly, I haven't played hockey in twenty years. Yeah, since high school, and uh, it was fun to get out and uh, and shoot the puck and, and you know play with my stick. It, it's <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Honestly, yeah. fell in love with the game all over again. We uh, we don't do any of that. It's just <laughs> the world shuts down and everyone gets an extra day off. Is, is essentially this is what true. happens. Uh, this is true. Happens down cold, here, but cold weather for you guys is an anomaly. Cold weather for us is hey, it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. As I said, it was twenty five today, and I think tomorrow it's actually going to get dip into the teens, possibly, um, which is not common. So. Very just interesting. A, just another day in February for us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cool. But it's cold. It's cold weather. It's whiskey. It's whiskey season, right? It is. That's, and that's where I was going with that. With that yeah. long derail. <laughs> it was a long journey, but we took it and we got there together. Yeah. <laughs> we crossed the sub, the sub-Saharan Africa. Um. So tonight we are finally finishing up season two. I know we had a few month hiatus thanks to uh, the Rona. But yeah. we're we're finally finished up season two, and we're gonna bookend it. We're, you know, we're gonna do this little bit of a artistic style. We're gonna go out the way we came into 2020, and that is with some old Forester, two old Forester. Now we started season two with old Forester 1910 and old Forester 1920, the Whiskey Row series. Which, honestly, Brent, I, we were about to talk about this. You know, before we hit record, prior to prior to this season. I think I had maybe a dram or two of Old Forester. Anything? Anything. Never had the regular, never had the 86, never had any of the Whiskey Row. And you said, hey, go out and get 1910, go get 1920, try this shit. It's really good. And honestly, Old Forester has become probably my favorite bourbon distillery. It's become a total line. Straight up line. All of it. From start to finish, if you say, go get a you know, sub $60 bottle of whiskey, I'm probably reaching for something by Old Forester. Yeah. 
And they um so and you've had so you've had the like the eighty six proof, the hundred proof, kind of just the regular everyday. I've off had the it shelf. all now. Kind of the bottom the bottom shelf matters. Yep. Would you would think so? Yeah, and I mean I think those those are awesome bottles, and that's a sub twenty dollar bourbon, the, the old Forester eighty six, which is kind of the. We um, will probably you know, feature that enjoy. on on one of them. I would, I would think we'd have to that, yeah. absolutely, um, but everything else they they make that's kind of in the premium line, I think stacks up to all the the you know the big players out there these guys deserve a seat at the table just like we've talked about the 1910 1920 1910 arguably one of the best bourbons to come out in the last you know Decade. five years yeah. yeah i mean yeah um for sure and um obviously you can't even find it around here i don't know where what the uh the availability is like up readily, by you, but it is finally readily available and it is wonderful because it's 50 52 to 54 dollars depending on where you go for 1910 and just a little bit more for 1920 and the bottle and bond is 48 so all of the whiskey row series you can find steadily uh here in jersey which is fantastic because honestly i don't think i've had a better no age statement series of bourbons yeah and then i always talk about it um in my my day job but i mean on here if uh it it wouldn't be a cheap thing but if you had a couple hundred bucks probably about 200 bucks you could literally you could probably get the entire whiskey row series um if you could find the 1910 to have it in there add it in there but it is also scott someone that's you know got a couple coins in their purse but new to bourbon an easy way to understand what Barrel a barrel, you know, barrel aging, warehouse finishing, what the barrel does because all of those are the same. We always talk about same juice out to still, a little bit different age, a little bit different warehouse, a little bit different treatment, a little different proof, and just make four totally different stunning, uh, stunning bourbons, but all completely different. Yeah. So tonight, what we're going to be trying is we're going to be drinking some. Um, uh, both of these are these are both new in no way statement, correct? The old Forester single barrel. They don't uh, have anything except birthday bourbon that ever gets an gets age an on age. it. Maybe there's a presidential that comes only at the distillery, and it may have an age, I think. Um, but to the public market, I want to say birthday bourbon is the only thing that gets an age statement. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, the, I mean... So we're going to be drinking the Old Forester Single Barrel. Now, this is a personal pick from down in your neck of the woods, the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Fest mix. Yeah, and, so... And then also we're going to be drinking the... Uh, probably one of my new favorite bottles is the Old Forester Statesman. So this is a little tie into uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which is a fucking phenomenal film. Wait, no, what is it? Fucking spectacular! Great yeah, I, I um I love the first one. Second one was absolutely great, great as well. And I hopefully they put out. I don't know if there's more in, in the works. It's got it's kind of crazy. We talking about ending it with this one and the Kingsman because I feel like when we started this, we were talking about James James Bond and the new Bond film that was coming out, and mm-hmm. then that got sh- shelved. And in still the meantime, is. you know, yeah, I took a break. And so it's great. Yeah, still is being shelved. But um, but yeah, just perfect kind of tie-in and I know that the um, someone at someone in the production I want to say it might have been the producer of that that film 
had a good friend in the Brown family, the, you know, the Brown foremans that own, um, that own Old Forester, Woodford, Jack Daniel, our lineage from, um, I'm gonna, now I'm going to lose his name, Garvin Brown. George Garvin Brown? George Garvin Brown, yeah. So that's, that family still obviously owns these companies, and somebody that was, I think the producer knew one of the family members, and that's how the whole tie-in with Old Forester, um, they made this specially just for for the movie. That is um, that is quite interesting because there's uh, uh, in the recent films, um, James Bond drinks a bottle of wine by Chateau Angelus, which is uh, owned by something Hubert, which is one of the famous uh, winemakers in France. He is actually good friends, like close personal friends with uh, I think it's Michael G. Wilson. I think it's the the dude, not Barbara Broccoli, of the produ- you know the Eon Productions producers of the James Bond series, and that's how they got on the uh, uh, a couple, two of the movies actually, three of the movies now. They've done three movies where they, their product has been featured uh, in shots, and they got in there because they're close personal friends with the producers. Pretty neat. So you want to you want to get your shit in a spy movie? Become friends with the producers. Yeah, know somebody. <laughs> know someone. <laughs> yeah. Or, or um, make really so good shit like McCallum. Yeah, where we uh, where we starting? Uh, what do you want to do? Let's you know. I'm I'm excited to try because I've had the Statesman. I okay. want to try this single barrel. I'm okay. really excited to try this. So, so we're we're cracking a fresh bottle here. Yeah. So while we are while I'm cracking and setting up setting up a pour, um, I'll tell you about. I guess Bourbon Fest, and then about Old Forester Single Barrel Program. Th- this comes um, directly from yes, the New Orleans the, Bourbon Fest. So essentially, there's a there's a a small group, and I don't. I wish I wish I remember the gentleman's name off my head, my top of my head. I think his first name's Tracy, but um, anyhow, he runs New Orleans Bourbon Fest, just like a you know typical, as you can imagine. Festival where tons of suppliers are there displaying latest greatest bourbons. There's tastings and you know they do awards and all the normal the normal deals. But one of the cool things that the New Orleans Bourbon Fest does throughout the year for us um, is that they do store picks, but they're available to select independent dealers throughout the state of Louisiana. So this guy and his kind of small group of bourbon aficionados will, will get together. Um, and do I mean they'll do dozens of barrel picks from different um, different distilleries throughout the year, and then you know, they'll come in our inventory and they'll go to retail stores or select you know bars at higher end bars and restaurants across the state um, where you can get you know a single barrel where you wouldn't have to a single barrel with a um, I guess someone with a, a group of guys with a good palate picking it where you don't have to commit to the entire barrel. So it's a way to get you know way to kind of get the best of both worlds without having to have a big commitment. So this one is from 2019, and Scott, what's kind of crazy about this is this is the last year that they did a 90-proof, Old Forester did a 90-proof single barrel. So they last year, 86? So last year, actually, last year in 2020, they totally um, changed the program, and now they only offer a 100-proof and, and a barrel-proof. So you can Ooh. pick. You can pick um, if you get a lot of the barrel. You can choose between 100 proof or, or cash strength, which I don't think very many people choose 100 proof. 
everyone know. everyone goes. <laughs> everyone <laughs> give me, goes. Give me that cast strength. Cast strength yeah. is the new IPA. Uh, just <clears throat> yeah. gonna, I'm going to put that out there right now. And I like yeah. a lot of cast strength whiskeys, but there are some that just, you know, <coughs> give me the better flavor profile that the master blender, the master distiller wants over just straight from the barrel. Uh, I just think cast strength is the new IPA. Yeah. And um, it also, I mean, they charge a premium for it. It's un- yeah. uncut and unfiltered. I mean, so the, the cast strength single barrels are like 80 bucks. Um, is typically what they go for. Yeah. Um, go for retail. So it's definitely a higher a higher price point. And they range from 130 to 135 proof. So I mean, they get... They get up there almost flammable um but it's once again though the same mash bill same juice off the still as what's in that whiskey row series at 72 corn 18 rye 10 percent malted barley mash bill same mash bill as woodford reserve which which um, we found out is like their standard pretty much between um old forester and woodford and they pretty much use that the, same mash bill everywhere yeah yeah, for the for their bourbon, it's just kind of like, I guess copy and, and paste. I'm assuming it may be a little bit different selection of grains and yeah. you know finishing recipe. But well, the big thing I can take I know the, one of the massive differences is, is Woodford is open air uh, fermented, so there's right. open air fermentation. Old Forester uh, pot stills too. Don't believe has that. Yes, and I'm sure Old Forester's probably coming out of Colin. Yeah, uh, Colin still. But anyway, so all right. with all that being one. said color on this one uh, well yeah you know as we as we drink we'll talk a little bit more about bourbon fest because i want to know a little bit more about it i'm sure listeners do too um color on this one amber dark amberish yeah yeah it's good color for for what i think i think the re- average age for these ra- uh, average age range for these is like four to five years or four to six years which we found out from our word for the ambassador when we did, did the Diz bourbon barrel pick which we you know admittedly we just finished up um these are not just aged in warehouses you know to the elements but they actually do temperature control during the winter so it's almost like she said it's almost gonna taste more like a 12 year old than a four to six which is pretty cool yeah yeah and they mean and you can i think you can see the proof right there just in the in the age of this this guy looks like it's it's been through the through the ringer. Yeah, looks good. So Nose that's... is fantastic. I mean, on, so right off the bat, you do get a little bit of nice proof to it. That uh, kind of acetony, um, listerine kind of proof, but then it gives way to really really rich brown sugar, creme brulee, and dark fruits. With some nice oak, man, that is a fantastic nose. I mean, I think it's just yeah, it's classic, kind of classic bourbon. Those bourbon notes through and through. Yeah, I mean, this has got. I mean, you you can. It's not sm- too. It's not too overly oak. No. It taste. It's more like seasoned kind of charred. Yeah, it's it's definitely not heavily oaked, but it's got some really rich brown sugar, creme brulee. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's that's the biggest one. It's, is creme brulee. But and see, like we talked with the wood for double oak, it's not as to me doesn't have a sweet. It's just got more of a like it has it. It's got sweet brown sugar, but it's not like a 
like sugar thin. If that even yeah. makes sense, it's that make, uh, it's kind of tough to say that it makes sense, but it's like it has that has that sweetness, but it has some you know some substance behind it. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of like a bready but, note but, to it as well. A little bit of like grain and biscuits. Yeah, not a lot of floral. No. This is really good. Floral um, notes on it, but and a little fruit. fruit. I mean, it's got yeah, that's a, yeah. that's got dark fruit. Almost maybe it's not really a red a red apple, but no, more like cherry. Like yeah, um, not the maraschino cherries, but those really dark, like almost like bitter cherries. Um, are there's like I want to call them Washington cherries. I don't know why. You know what I'm talking about? Like the really dark red ones. Dark, like a dark cherry. Yeah, yeah, dark cherry. Not Is it, black. But it, there's probably a, a there's probably a there's probably a name, name for, for it, it other than yeah than than dark cherry. I'm not a cherry connoisseur. I'm, I'm half a, I'm half a bourbon connoisseur. I I, I got to be honest. I don't eat cherries, uh, unless no. they're on ice cream, <laughs> in a pie, or covered in in chocolate. <laughs> or covered I, I in eat chocolate. Car, like cardinal cherries at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I love that shit. Oh, those like bright red Bing. I think what uh, I I call them Bing cherries. I don't know why. But That's like, like out of a jar, like yeah. But like they're the like super. covered in like a, a sugary substance or like a, a candy substance. Those are so good. Wait, I thought the bing, a bing isn't a bing the stem. I think so. Yeah. I've, I've no idea what they're cherries. I, yeah. I I eat them when I like them. When you're in the mood, when the mood yeah. strikes you for a cherry. <laughs> but not like the raw cherries, not fruit cherries. Yeah. All right. Um. um Good news. Good news. Let's see if this translates to the uh, to the palate. All right. This, this is, is pretty really good. It is, and it and it kind of was light on the front of the tongue, but it's got a ton of. Yeah. Tons of depth, and this is kind of I, I get the um, I get kind of woody. This is kind of woody, nutty, um, kind of feel to it. Almost like almost pecani. Um, I don't know. Down here, when you crack in pecan shells, there's a pretty distinct smell, and it kind of yeah. has that that kind of aroma of like a fresh cracked tree tree nut, which you don't have a bunch of in your in your house, right? Nope. Zero tree nuts in my house. <laughs> but I think that dark fruit kind of comes through a little also. I'm with you, man. It is surprisingly light on the front of the palate. And what I'm getting there is I get I get pretty much that burnt caramel. And then as it kind of moves through and you hold it on your tongue for a little bit more, then that deep, that dark fruit comes in, the cherries comes in. Uh, really rich vanilla. Almost like, um, again, more of that creme brulee, that vanilla custard, um, brown sugar. You know, they put the sugar on top and burn it. Um, 
And there is a nutty flavor to it. Yeah. It's like a waxy nut. And maybe it is like that pecan kind of taste. Because it's not like almonds or walnuts where you get that like that bitter um, drying note to it. And some really good baking spices like nutmeg and clove on this one. I really enjoy this. And the palate's actually got a decent mouthfeel. It's not, it's not overly yeah. oily. It definitely is proof down. What is this? 90, Nin- 90 proof? 90. Yeah, I was about to say, it, it is 90, but it's still, I mean, it's 90, it, and I think that lends to how, I think it, it I say thin, I don't say thin, but it's soft, because it, it has dimension, it has depth, um, but it just doesn't have a lot of ethanol, ethanol burn, which it's fine. I mean, you know, having the high proof where it, you know, where it, just freaking rips your your taste buds apart is it's cool sometimes but cool sometimes it's great to hey all the flavors there but it's still this is one that I could drink I could drink neat um, yeah and maybe it's because it's freezing out it's freezing outside that it's enjoyable um, enjoyable right now but this is a, a neat drinker that doesn't have a lot of sting I don't know if I'd want it any higher proof because. I think any higher proof and you're going to get more of that. Like, it's already got a good amount of that that proof, that acetone, that um, Listerine kind of sting enough of it. It, it. It's just perfect. I don't know if you want to go higher proof. Like, I know they do. You said they do 100 proof right now and barrel and then, proof. And then, yeah, full. I'd probably say this to, you know, 90 to 100 is probably where this one should stay. Don't know if I would go, I mean... I think when you're getting into that, that barrel proof, you're going to get into that just fuck you up for fuck you up's sake. Yeah, and you know, but <coughs> I do know some people like it on the on the, the barrel pick. It's kind of like, give me give me everything I'm paying for. Let me proof, mm-hmm. you know, let me proof it down. Um, and it's kind of the fun thing is, but I get, you, yeah, you get to proof it down with your water as, as much or as little as you want. But I get it, you know. Most, and this is a thing where it is kind of, it is kind of scary to the the novice bourbon drinker. I mean, if you slug, even if you drink it on ice, you slug a couple of those back, and you're used to drinking Jack Daniels. Oh yeah, you know, you're gonna Good you're night. gonna be, uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be a glass ahead of, <laughs> of where you think where you think you're at for sure. Um, but yeah, so with Bourbon Fest, Scott is. Kind of a cool event where the the city, um, or at least kind of the French Quarter uh, area, just kind of takes on um, the weekend for bourbon. So they do tasting events. They have um, seminars where there's guest, you know, speakers and keynote speakers. They always do, um, you know, they always have mass a ton of master stillers stillers that come in and do keynote talks. There's um, women in bourbon where they focus on either women. women distillers or women blenders or taste you know tasters are or, or just women in the um, in the industry and then they do food pairings so a bunch of restaurants you know will have um, ticketed dinners that you can buy where it may be uh, Jim Beam or Woodford or Old Forester will do a dinner one night and you can buy tickets and it'll be a, you know meal and um, tasting and then kind of a crazy thing they do is they do bourbon and burlesque which is Ooh, that's New Orleans. Cool. New Orleans has a ton of burlesque. Uh, Do they really? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I say a ton, but there's a lot of burlesque in New Orleans, and they kind of go. They'll, they'll do a burlesque show at House of Blues or at this. Mm-hmm. You no, know, there's not like a necessarily a burlesque hall, I don't think. But there's kind of traveling around the city in the different 
That's kind of uh, cool. Different venues. Um, yeah, so it's pretty, pretty cool. But it's um, I think it is actually scheduled for August this year, and I'm not sure they have the dates nailed down, but it's going to be in August uh, for 2021. And um, yeah, pretty, pretty cool event. Like I said, the biggest, the biggest thing that we get to see out of it is these cool barrel picks um, that you can sneak a bottle here and there. So they like steering there out of shill them on the street and kind of uh, um, in like booths and stuff. So you can buy, yeah, you can buy these at the festival, and then typically whatever whatever is left over from the festival, they will it'll be in our inventory, and we can sell to the you know to our our dealers. But then sometimes throughout the year, um, they will make a selection, especially for us to sell to uh, you know to different vendors. But you know if if your local mom and pop grocery store. Um, qualifies and they want to buy this old Forester single barrel pick, they could buy a six pack or two six packs instead of having to buy, you know, 26 packs, which, right. you know, or 46 packs, whatever it would take to, you know, to buy the whole barrel. Right. And not only that, sometimes, sometimes you can't secure it because I want to say old Forester now in Louisiana is one of the, the hardest single barrels to secure. Like the state only gets a few barrels. Wow. barrels a year so when someone like this gets allocated the barrel and they can you know divvy it up everybody at least gets a little you know a little taste versus it all going to one store or you know one store or one restaurant all right i'm pouring a little more of this because i want to i want to do a little something something to it um finish on this one brant this is finally where i get the oak like the oak starts to shine, but it's not like it's not like oak in your face like Knob Creek gets to be done. It's like a nice toasted oak. Like an, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure um, from what oh my god this. By the way, when you pour water in this thing, it gets this nice oily look to it. I don't know if this is chill filtered or not. I don't think so. You can see the. I can see the oils like mix around. Yeah. It might be, but um so where was I? Oh yes. Uh what we did find out from our Woodford ambassador is that uh Old Forester has a cooperage on site where they make their barrels on site in Louisville. And they do a lot of toasting. I thought you know, I honestly thought when when they do the charring for these new American oaks, they basically just char it and char it and char it. That's it. And then they burn it and Send it off. They actually toast them first, then char them, which I think this is where this is shining through. You're getting that nice toasted oak on that finish. It's not heavily oaked. It's not, you know, in your face. It's a good, warm, woodsy candle is what it kind of tastes like. And it helps. So a big reason that they do that and you'll... And it's kind of honestly, this is kind of a segue in, into this because it's one of the reasons why the statesman, um, the statesman is, I think, the number two. And we'll kind of we'll get into that, but segue into that. It's because of that barrel toasting, and it's because of the temperature control, and it's because of where the barrel is for statesman that there's so much pull through that liquid through the barrel that that toasting actually matters versus having a raw barrel that's just charred, where you literally have char on the outside and then mm-hmm. as you penetrate the char you've got na- you know just raw regular wood, raw yeah. natural regular wood that toasting and then the char on top of it uh, gives so much more dimension to the to the flavor and not a lot of people take the time 
to to do that um, and can do that. And like I said, the 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 climate control is how they really make use make use of that, which is pretty cool. But Scott, I agree that the the toast, the wood comes into play. But once again, the the softness of this finish is is awesome. Um, I think, like I said, you can taste it all the way through. But this one, once again, it doesn't have a big long. Uh, finish but it, it has just the right amount and that finish is full of full of those flavors I think it, it tastes like big round robust bourbon has vanilla you know has the vanilla and has the kind of buttery and oaky flavors all the way through from beginning to end yeah it, it really does um, you know I, I get more of those dark fruits on this finish um, it's got more of those baking spices and I think all of these start to like really just marry together at the, at the end of this. Um, I don't think this is a bad thing to say about this whiskey. I, I, I honestly think this is a very, very good single barrel, and I know it probably is a little bit more, more in price because of where you buy it, but I think normally these single barrels from uh, Old Forester go for between 50 to $55, which, I mean... That's a that's a damn good price for a, a and I, and this is in that premium range that premium single barrel range. Gotta be honest, it's better than Blanton's. I was I was getting ready to say, think it's about a, stacking this up yeah, against yeah. Blanton. I mean this this comp the competition to this is is Blanton's. And if you're one of the lucky, you know, few SOBs in the country that would have access to a, you know, a single barrel store pick, uh, Blanton's. You know this. This is kind of the same. This I mean, is the same think, caliber caliber product, and if man, I, I think about all of the the premium single barrels in bourbon and the, and the, the, the heavy hitters, the main guys, E. H. Taylor's Taylor single barrel, uh, Blanton single barrel, uh, Four Roses, Old Forester, Knob Creek, um, Blasier Craig. Yeah, no, do they do it? Or yeah, no, it's they, just yeah. A, no, they no they, they do. Have a they, yeah, they don't. They don't have a single barrel. Yeah, just a so, small batch in the barrel strength. Uh, yeah, Evan Williams, Evan Williams single barrel. Um, this to me is, I, I mean, I think E. H. Taylor is probably the clear number one, and this is right there with number two. And honestly, availability wise, I think you could probably find this way easier than E. H. Taylor single barrel. Yeah, and usually a lot cheaper. I think. Well, is, I think this. I think this, and this, Scott. We kind of said it before. Old Forester, Old Forester has always been here since what 1870. Yeah. But the release of 1910, however many put, years ago that that was, put them on the map in such a massive way, yeah. more than they already were on, on the map. Yeah, I mean, no, the, were, the bourbon collector, a... the bourbon collector gurus have been at chasing b- birthday bourbon for forever and the whiskey rose series kind of got them some notoriety and I, I just I feel like and I haven't been in the bourbon game that long but I feel like when 1910 happened everyone went like whoa shit these guys are making making stupid good bourbon and they've been making stupid good you know bourbon for 100 100 plus years um, but yeah and I think you're gonna see this become harder and harder to, to get because more and more people more and more people know that if they grab an Old Forester label it's going to be good yeah 
I mean, I don't, I don't remember what I gave Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. Uh, it's been a while since we actually drank that. Uh, I actually finally finished that bottle. It, w- it was very, very good, and I was very lucky to get a bottle of it. But on a regular basis, this is fantastic. Or as Eggsy would put it, fucking spectacular. Very good, very good. Good, good choice, Brian. Always love a good single barrel All right. store pick. pick. So my score on this one, um, I'm trying to look at what some of my other choices are. Just to get an idea of where you... Really? Uh, one second here. Okay, so I'm, I've narrowed down my single barrels here. Um, this one to me, I think is an 80, 89.5. 89.5. 89.5. And I got to go 0.5 because I gave Blanton's, um, regular old Blanton's, an 88. And I think it's pretty much better than that, but it is not as good as the 91 I gave. E.H. Taylor single barrel. I don't remember what when, what day did we do E.H. Taylor single barrel? A while, was probably ago. A, while a while back. Uh, that was book number one, page six. <laughs> that does me zero good. I know. Um, That's like so four, four roses. Four roses, nine chill filter. I gave I gave ninety ninety one. So that's kind of that's kind of where I feel. Ninety three. I gave nineteen ten and. Um, boy, we did uh, 1910 and 1920 in 11-7 of 2019. <laughs> yep. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go 90 on it. I got to go 90 because I'm looking at some right. of my other ones. And I, and I went 90. I went 91. So I feel like yeah. that's. It's got to be a 90 because I'm looking at I'm looking at no chill filtered from small from uh, four roses. This honestly is right up there with it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a 90, and you give it a 91. I like it. I think it's, it's really good. It's very good. Fantastic. And it, you know what? I this is a bourbon that you can find. In, well, at least the single barrels you can find if if you've got a good distributor, if you've got a good store. They usually once once you find a store that does a single barrel. They often, and if they're big enough, they often do more than that one. If, they, if this is their store pick, they will usually have that on a regular basis because they've, they've developed enough of a relationship to get into the single barrel program that they know that, that they're going to get it again year after year after year. And I only have one place that I've seen Old Forester single barrel. I would, uh, I would scoop them up. And um, so as we kind of transition in Scott to, to statesman mm-hmm. um, one last thing about this single barrel which is pretty badass and I was kind of looking and I couldn't find it so 
One of the things that that statement, which we'll kind of go into more depth, is apparently all the barrels that go into this batch are from the top floor of the Rick House. Yeah, they said it was the warmest so, places of the Rick House. Top floor. Mm-hmm. This single barrel we just picked is from the first floor of the Rick House. Really? Literally yeah, says floor one. floor one, warehouse warehouse zero. So um, pretty cool. We'll get to taste you know, maybe a difference. Um, did you, by the way, I, I don't know if you caught this on our, when we did our tasting with, uh, with Angie, but she, she called the, the warehouse by a name. Yeah. Charlie. There's, well, I guess is it cause it's warehouse it's, C warehouse C they called it Charlie. Yeah. They named yeah. rather than call them warehouse. Oh, where it would, it would probably yeah. be like Oscar. Oscar. Or, yeah. Yeah. They call them by I'm name. Sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All that right. Is so, pretty cool. let's pour some statesmen. Um, now, Brent, have you you've seen the both movies, right? I've seen both movies. I gotta tell you, it's been a minute since I've seen, since I've seen both. Um, I have a confession. Both movies, so don't don't quiz me on. That's it's fine. You know, I'm not gonna quiz you, but I have a confession. Uh, I didn't see these movies until about three months ago. Yeah. Until and quarantine. Well, and it wasn't like I had just never had a, had a desire to see it. I don't think I really remembered them coming out or this being a thing. I remember hearing about no, Kingsman. you pro yeah, you you probably shunned it off, but like, oh, what is this imitation James Bond want to be harsh shit? And and I've watched a few. There's a few vlogs, a few podcasts that I listen to about Satorial London and Savile Row, and the. The tailors that they imitate, Kingsman, is actually a real tailor shop in Savile Row. It's called Huntsman. And they're very, very famous. They've been there for hundreds of years. And you can actually go there and see all of the props and the stuff. And they didn't actually blow it up. I mean, that was pretty cool in the second film. But uh, you can actually go to Savile Row and go see Huntsman and go into dressing room or fitting room number two or three where Eggsy and, uh, and Harry have their little encounter in the first film. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We went there in 2019 when we went to London, um, went down Savile Row and German Street and um, Oxford Circus and to see this storefront and right down the street is Barry Brothers and Rudd, the famous wine merchant where they go in the, the second film. All of this really cool. So the minute I saw this, I was hooked, love the series, love the film. And so naturally watching this and they have the Statesman or Statesman Bourbon, which, um, from what I understand, is is very. It, they basically made that up to be Brown Foreman. So they, one of the scenes where you're, they're walking by the the warehouse, and you hear the woman tell them it's a temperature controlled environment. That's actually one of the Brown Foreman warehouses yeah. on site. Yeah, and that is in that. I don't remember the scene, but yeah, there's something. It's in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It, it's filmed in. Kentucky. That part's filmed. I feel like it's... Yeah. They, you said it's filmed the at that ex, warehouse. In, the exterior shots are filmed at the Brown Foreman warehouses. Yeah. The interior shots are filmed in, in London and Pinewood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the... the Like we were talking about kind of at the beginning, it's it was made for, for the film, but they want to do something a little different. And Scott, I really do look at this, even when I, you know, 
I talk to people about it in my, my day job. It is it is a, it's a line extension of the whiskey whiskey rose series. It's in the same bottle. It's in the same price range. Um, I mean, everything about it, everything about this uh, matches that series, except it doesn't have a significant uh, year, you know, a story tied to a year, tied to a year. The story's tied to to a movie. Um, But what they did in the same way is they just took the same, that once again, the same juice off the still and did something totally different with the way that they... um, batch this one so it's supposed to be a, a super small batch and I don't know exactly the number but I want to say it's like in the 20 range uh, barrels only from one rickhouse only from one row only from the top the, the top of the rickhouse so it's literally I, th- I think from what I remember in training when we launched this it is literally if you just went to the top floor found a row in the top floor and you took barrels one through 20 consecutive and just put them together. And that's essentially what, what it is. So it's not a bunch of different, you know, trying to pick this spice and this, this, it's just the the ones with the most temperature change. And that's what we were talking about earlier, the toasting of the barrel, because in that climate controlled uh, warehouse, the top, just like heat rises, it's going to have the biggest, the biggest temperature swings. So you get, more push and pull through that wood so you're going to get more age reaction more wood reaction uh, to it and then i mean this one's kind of this one will be proofed at 95 proof so i think it's right there in the the whiskey sweet spot as well with the the proofing on this so when was the first did you have this when you were watching the the movie or did you have it before or no after i had it after i you know watching the film I remember seeing this on the shelves, you know, shortly around the film's release, probably. And never really, again, never before 2019, honestly, did I give Old Forester a shot. And to, actually, no, the first bottle, the first bottle of Old Forester was the one I bought in 2018 when I bought that birthday bourbon. Uh, <laughs> I called up Brant. I was like, have you heard you of know. this thing called birthday bourbon? He's like, what and how many can you get? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't pass go. You know, just yeah. scoop it up. Um, yeah, that's well, that's a pretty good bottle to buy for your first bottle of old, right. old Forester. Said no so one no, else in the in the world ever. So no, I did not you know? have this when I was watching the film, uh, but I do remember the you know the, obviously the scenes from the film and and they get the they get to the doomsday bunker in Barry Brothers and Rudd, and they pull out this bottle of old bourbon. And they drink the whole thing, <laughs> and I just love that scene. Scene when uh, when Taron Edgerton's like, "I think we're going to Kentucky," <laughs> and and Mark Strong, who by the way is a fantastic actor, great in this in this film series. He goes, "I love fried chicken." <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. And the bottle in the movie, well, man, I wish they could have made it in that bottle, oh, that know. old kind that of square, so square, yeah, square, you know, rounded shoulders, that old world yeah. medicine style. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about this whiskey, actually, because we've, we've talked about the film. We've talked about the, uh, the background of this, uh, you know, top of the warehouse. It's the warmest ones, and they said this does with a good warmth to it. So they actually have a recipe, which we'll give you uh, when we're all done here. Um, so color on this one. It's a tad it's, lighter, but still yeah. approaching, still approaching it's like, amber. It's like uh, amber-orange. Like, it's got a good copper-orange to it. Yeah, 
Um, really, really good. Nose is fantastic. So this, to me, it, it, this is a little sweeter. Um, yeah. And I, I think that toasting, working in and out of that toasting, definitely has... Yeah, this one's that, definitely more toasted from the start. But it has all of those. It's crazy that how much that barrel imp, you know, imparts that brown sugar, vanilla, sugar. It's kind of like... It's kind of copy and repeat with you know repeat with Old Forester and Woodford Reserve. Like they've got that part, they've got that figured, that flavor profile figured out. <laughs> yeah. So for me, this one's—I mean, it, it's sweet off the front. It's you know sweet brown sugar, caramel, vanilla frosting is the one of the notes that I uh, I wrote down on this one. It's that you know that buttercream rich sugary frosting which I mean anyone who knows me there's only one kind of frosting I ever want on any cake you're ever going to give me is that really really rich buttercream frosting yeah I can get it it kind of has that I, I guess it is that frosting I kind of think think it's uh, sugar you know sugar cookie but it imparts that same yeah. oh yeah of, you know, oh, a whipped oh. aroma, you know. You know those really, really frosted, like the sugar cookies that have the frosting on top of them? And that's kind of what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, this it is... It is definitely sweet forward in mm-hmm. the nose. Yeah, I mean, again, the same mash bill, 72, 18, 10. There's a little bit of baking spice, a little bit of clove, not too much there. Like, it's almost like a, um, more of like a woodsy spice. There's like a woodsy note to it at the end of it. I'm about to say it does have, um, and then a little, a tad, even, it's a higher proof, so that I do, do get the proof a little more yep. ethanol in the, in the nose than the single barrel that was, um, a little lighter. There's some good cherry notes to it well, as well. That's a, but it's not like it's not as cherry on the nose. I just mean the sweet and the oak marry perfectly. Yeah, good. Yeah, good blend. Blend of both. All right. All right. Cheers. Man. Here's to Scotland. Cheers. <laughs> should we drink to JB? I think we should. Mm. I'm gonna just go ahead and pour more because there's no way I don't drink more. Than oh, that. I took a no. big, I took a big sip on my first sip. No, this one is um, this one's dangerous, man. I'll tell you what. Now you understand okay. why in that scene they drink that whole bottle because this is ridiculous. If it was this, if it was this juice, if this was if it was this juice in the bottle, I can see how they they drank the whole thing. So. This is juicy fruit, mm-hmm. not juicy bar, juicy barley, but ju- like real juicy fruit. Not juicy like fruit ha- gum, feel- but juicy fruit, like juicy fruit yeah, stuff. Like banana, bananas. I mean, car- uh, it's cherries. red fruit. I'm not gonna yeah. say it's straw. Yeah, I'm not say it's strawberry, but it has like a red fruit. Uh, cooked, cooked cherries, cherry pie, that warm. Man. Warm like cherry pie. 
And more of that oak really comes through on the palate. That light toasted oak. Which is where, Brant, we get this toasted marshmallow that we had in the double oaked. And I think you get it here, too. This is, yeah. This is, I mean, it's definitely fruity. Yeah. Which is not extremely prevalent in the nose, but the palate definitely, definitely has, has more. This, to me, has a, a, a tiny hint of leather, like the mid palate to the back end, where it starts to dry okay. out and you get that like almost where, we'll get to the finish in a little bit, um, but the back of the palate is kind of dry. The mid palates, that toasted marshmallow in the front is that really, really sweet fruit, that candied cherry, the cooked cherry, um, grilled peaches are, are coming out in this. I feel like, Brant, I feel like this is pick number two that we had. Yeah. This is very, very similar to it. Easy, easy to drink, easy, crushable. crushable. Is, that a, is that a coined term? Yeah, I, I, think, I think Josh Gay got, gets the... Uh, the TM trademark copyright right all rights reserved, not to be used without express written consent. Uh, crushable. When speaking about yes, uh, approved <laughs> approved bourbon. Bur yeah, yeah. I mean, Scott, you said you said cherry as red red fruit, mm -hmm. but kind of has cherry. Has kind of a cherry syrup. Yeah, cooked cherries uh, like cherry pie. Yeah. Where you know it's it's in that like cherry syrup or honestly, sh like sh I mean I guess you'd make some type of reduction, cherry sugar sacrilegious, but the canned cherries you you know you you're making cherry pie on a quick basis, and you're not doing it for homemade scratch and bullshit, and you open up. <laughs> it's that amazing that you have, it's amazing that you on this like this is a podcast about bourbon. It's like quick quick you know we're not we have to I am use not, the canned cherries because we're trying to make it quickly. I mean. You have to defend your <laughs> pie making on the bourbon podcast. I mean, what self-respecting Southern boy uses in some grits? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, one that has to get to work on time uh, in the in the morning. Uh, but yeah, it's that it's those the can of cherries. It's the the tin can of cherries that you open mm -hmm. up, and it's got that syrup in there. It's it's you know rich fruit cooked cherries, sweet cooked cherries. But I think, yeah, and I think it's that whole mixture because I feel like it's the, it's the, not necessarily like, not graham cracker, but like that pie, that doughy kind of baked pie crust and the sugar, I guess, bacon sugar yeah. and just, it has that whole kind of cherry pie vibe, but I get more fruit depth than just, than just cherry out of it. Vanilla. Yeah, and actually, this has kind of got this one. I mean, now that I go back and dig into the nose, I'm going to say that this is one of the bourbons in that proof range from Woodford from Old Forester that I think I get a little rye like mint even too. And it's kind of crazy that I didn't smell it, but now I can kind of smell rye mint. See, I have that on the I have that on the finish that uh, <coughs> as you get to the finish that does have that eucalyptus mint rye finish the high rye finish 
which I have I I honestly never get on the Woodford Double Oak. I don't get on the 1910. I don't get on any of the other ones, but so I'm saying this one it some it somehow comes out in the finish. And it's how how many other bourbons does this company make with the same same mash bill mash same, same process. mash bill. It's all where but, the barrels are, the the toasting and the char, and that's and that's honestly, you know, another thing we took away from our our ambassadors Zoom call. Which, honestly, if you ever get the chance to speak to a whiskey ambassador who does all this for a living, who goes to the distillery, who tastes the bourbons, she's basically in charge of selling these barrels. Pick their brains because they tell you a good backstory about why and what the wood does. And honestly, the toasting of this barrel, then the charring, brings out all of those wood sugars that make for this amazing whiskey. And it's it's really cool. Really cool experience. I like it. I like it a lot. Me too. So... A little bit longer, a little bit longer finish on this one than the single barrel because I, I just I believe the up the that small uptick in proof just kind of gives you a little bit more lingering effect, and do you, I th- I do think that you can taste the oak and the toast like you said kind of has that that toasted marshmallow but I think you gotta think these went this the barrel that this went in was probably made. Out of the, you know, roughly the same pile of wood in the same warehouse on the mm-hmm. same charring charring machine as the single barrel we just tasted, but because one was pulled on a single barrel off of the first floor and one was in a batch from the from the top floor, the woodiness is drastically different, and I think you can taste that in the in the finish. The woodiness, the, the warehouse location and proof. Are, are different and we have no clue about the age but um, we know the warehouse the proof and the warehouse location are different on these on these two and I think the finish you can the finish the oak on the finish is apparent the difference yeah. in, the, in the, the oak on the finish 100% so to me or you know we'll start with you Blake we'll start with you for this score what do you give this one Man, let's drink a little bit. Let's drink a little bit more okay. and, and shoot and shoot the shit, and then I'll circle. I'll circle back. I'm gonna have to pour another little. I'm, I didn't even put notes on the palate just now. I'm okay with that. What's your now? Do you remember the? Do you remember the film, the Golden Circle? Just, just Golden Circle. I, I don't, I don't. I remember scenes, but I couldn't tell you. I mean, I want to say it was the the first film. It was just that opening kind of bar fight scene where they locked the door and just. Mm-hmm. T- tear a couple people's ass. Do you do you have a oh, favorite in that open scene? But I'm trying to think. Do you have a favorite there was a scene? car. Ch- was there a car chase yeah. scene in the second one at yep. the beginning? It yeah. starts out with that the, sticks, the car that chase. sticks out with a massive. And I remember, and I tell you one thing I remember about that. That was one of the first movies I watched in my new house mm-hmm. with my new new sound and and massive sub. And that was one of the first times I remember my wife texted me being like, "I cannot sleep 
you have to turn the fucking subwoofer down. It is rattling the entire... Like, the rafters in the bedroom, the ceiling joists in the bedroom are chattering. You need to turn the subwoofer down. There are... And I'm like, I've, I've discussed this with some other people who watch a lot of movies, and there are a few directors that use music in a way to tell the story of the scene. And honestly, Matthew Vaughn and what he does here with with the music and, and, and not just not score. I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, background score where there's, you know, strings and orchestra going on in the background. The fight scene in this first film or in the in the second film, the first fight scene in this, in the London taxi through the streets of London into Hyde Park, is set to Prince's um What's the song? Get, cr- uh, get, get crazy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go crazy. Let's yeah. go crazy. It's set to Prince's. Let's go. Yeah. It's set to Prince's. Let's go crazy. It's fantastic. Now, so now you say that I rem- I remember, yeah, and that's why I I I love that too because how in the fuck is that relative? Oh, not at all. How in the fuck is that relative to the theme of the movie? The fight scene, n- nothing. But it's a, it's a, vi- it's almost like a subliminal vibe, you know, that it that it puts you, puts you in. I mean, definitely nod to the amazingness of the, of Prince, but but also yeah, blending that into that scene and where you probably you probably get out of that scene and you're like, okay, that was cool. What, what just happened? Yeah, and and honestly, it, what it reminded me of, um, and, and both of these movies, just both of them have amazing fight scenes set to completely irrelevant movie or music. I mean, the in the in the first film, Harry goes to the church of Kentucky and he has this massive fight scene which is amazing set to Freebird. And this one is set to there one of them is set to in uh, in this one is set to Princess Let's Go Crazy. It reminds me of uh, and the, and the other guy, the other director that really does this well, does fights in sets of movies, or sets of music, is Edgar Wright. And that that scene from Shaun of the Dead when they're in the Winchester pub, and they're beating the zombies up to uh, Queens. Don't stop me now. Mm. He's another he's another director that really does that well. So, all right. So I've circled back, and I've I've decided that I'm in. I'm in stalemate on this. Not 91, 91. I, yeah. I, I think that I can't push it over the whiskey I just tasted, and it's definitely not under the whiskey I just tasted. But I think it touches on so many different things, and I think that I, I gotta say, and I, I'm a, I guess I'm a fucking fanboy, but this is another reason why I fucking just love Old Forester because I think everything they make is so different from everything else they make and it is done for a fucking a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, Statesman was made, forget the movie, it was, that was an, op- the movie was an opportunity to release a product to show you what pulling from warm spots of this warehouse would do to a whiskey, you know, and, and like I said, they pretty much set it in the whiskey row. So what do they have? And I don't have them in front of me, but I know like they go up to 115 proof with the 1920, but they're like 90, 100, the bottom bonds, 100, 115, 93 or something with the 1910. So um, what are all the, what are all the proofs? The proofs, so 93 with the 1910, 
115. So, all right, so 1870 is the, the first of the Whiskey Row series. So, yeah. It is uh, 90 proof. 90, 90. It's 90 proof. Right. And then they do 1897, which is their bottle and bond. That's 100. And then the 1910 <sighs> is 93. 93. And then so, the 1920 is 115. So everything is perfectly separated into totally different products to show you, you know, to, to show you the difference that it makes. The 1870 at 90 proof, I think, is pulled from three different spots in the warehouse because it mimics a three-barrel blend that he did in 1870 in the original batch. Yep. Then you go up, oh, up three proof to 1910, double-barreled because it came off the. They had a fire, mm-hmm. so it comes off the line, goes back and in, back into barrels. And then Statesman is two more, two proof higher at 95. Hey, we're gonna pull from the most volatile. I guess you'd call it volatile part of the. The Rick House, the warmest part of the warmest part, most changes. The Rick, yeah, most changes. Um, And then Bottle and Bond is its own thing. 100 100 proof follows all those lines. One, one, uh, what do they call it? Crop or growing cycle. One growing season, one distillery season. season. Right. All that, all that great, great All the rules the government sets out. And then Prohibition, high proof high proof batch to kind of round it off but like I said once again five whiskeys same juice in the bottle treated different all have a rhyme or reason I don't know if any of those whiskeys Scott I mean we're talking about these are in the the 91's what did we rank I think we ranked those I gave uh, 1920 a 90 you gave it an 89 I gave 1910 a 93 you gave it a 92 I don't know that any of these whiskeys dip below probably an 89 no 88 89 I mean all of these are are shining I gave let's see I gave um, first of all I give this one a 91 I think this is a a damn good whiskey and movie tying aside I, I think, honestly, if this doesn't say distilled exclusively for Statesman, which I think is a really cool uh, film tie-in, without, that in, without any of that, this bourbon alone, you know, standing on its own proof, is a really, really good bourbon. And I think this stands up to pretty much all of those craft bourbons, the, you know, the Booker's, um, the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Series, it stands up to the Wild Turkey Rare Breeds, all those kind of things. This, to me, stands on its own two feet. It's, it's a fantastic whiskey. Uh, I love that it's a sweet whiskey because we don't get too many of these. I mean, most of the, most yeah. of the bourbons we taste are, you know, they've got that burn. They've got that, uh, that rich fruit or the rich, you know, brown sugar, vanilla, molasses kind of thing. This, to me, is a very fruit-forward, sweet bourbon. And it does more things that I think a bourbon, than any other bourbon we've tasted does from start to finish. So to me, it's a 91, and you're right. I don't think anything in that series, I'm trying to look through my notes, I don't think, I don't know if I rated Have you had the other one? Have you had, let's say, have you had, I'll tell you what, I, I have, I know I have um, the, the two that we haven't tasted on the show. Because I don't think we've done, I don't think we've done 18, 
the eighteen seventy or the eighteen ninety seven. We haven't done it on the show. So, I have the eighteen ninety seven. So let's just so so we'll we'll commit to a, a short pour. I have those. I can send you whatever samples, whatever you don't. I want. can get a, I can I mean, whatever get, you don't have. I can get a bottle at home, it. and I will get a bottle at home, and we'll bring it down to the speakeasy, and we'll try it. Yeah, we could we we'll, we can do a short pour on that because it probably doesn't fit into the. No, nah, it doesn't the fit. Of the it next, doesn't fit in the next season. We'll do a short pour uh, just to, just to round yeah. off the whiskey row series because honestly, they're they're both all four of these are really good. Um, I gave the bottle and bond an eighty nine, and you're right. There I think I think eighty nine is the the lowest any of these go. Um, they're just all so they're all good bourbons. If you are in the in a store. You see these, and you you're not there to pick up something in particular, and you haven't tried these. Grab any anyone, anything, any any one of them. Um, you're not gonna be disappointed. And if you're going to somewhere with, you know, with friends or a couple, you know, a couple guys, it's a, any one of these is a cool story to tell about a point in time in early the early days of whis- of whiskey. I mean, obviously the Statesman, like I said, doesn't have that year tie-in, but the ones with, with the the years on them, there's this story about the history of whiskey in that in that bottle, and I think that is cool as shit, too. And like I said it probably a hundred times on this show, I think that's also why this makes the coolest flight layout yeah. that you could, you could possibly yeah, honestly, take. It's the history, history of bourbon in four, in four bottles. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to do a whiskey tasting and, and you don't have access to... Hundreds of bottles, you know, honestly, look, we're very lucky to have what we have down here in the Speakeasy. We have so many different bottles. If you really just want to pick up a flight to show friends different styles of bourbon, honestly, go for the entire Whiskey Row series and just go through it and go start to finish. Go youngest to, you know, newest. Go 1890 or 1870, 1897. Uh, 1910, 1920, and go through that, and you will taste same mash bill, same barrels, four completely different bourbons, and it's really cool to do. Really cool. So, so Scott, I think, did you say that there was a recipe for this whiskey somewhere? So, um, one of the things that they recommend doing with this this bourbon is to make an old-fashioned. I mean, of course, right? You know? What else would you do with a good boat? But this is an interesting one. So one of the things about the, the states, Statesman, is, as, as we've talked about, it comes from the top part of the warehouse. It's the warmest part. And warmth really brings the, brings the flavors of this to, to life. So they have a recipe for the Statesman Old Fashioned. And it is two ounces of Old Forester Statesman bourbon, a quarter ounce of ancho chili liqueur, so you're going to get a little heat from this. Then you take a quarter ounce of maple syrup, which you're going to get some nice little sweet, and then two ounces of bitters with a lemon peel to garnish. And they say... Now, it's a, it's a particular. It's this um, Old Forster Bohemian, Bohemian bitters, yeah. bitters, which now I already clicked on the link and I'm like, I need to buy, yeah. buy these, bitter, these bitters. Because it's bitters so the made from sour cherries. <laughs> the ancho chili liqueur I will give you a hint if you're like oh, I don't feel like going out and buying a bottle of that also a half an ounce of that and a Bloody Mary makes an awesome additive for another dimension of a Bloody Mary just 
just to, you know, so it's pretty, it's a cool uh, liqueur. Never even thought about putting it in an, an old fashioned. That kind of blows my, blows my mind after having had it before, but I'm, I mean, I'm open to, to try it. And it's a quarter of an ounce, so you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's, that ain't a, that ain't a lot. It's not. It's nothing. Uh, so if, but, if you see it on the shelves, it's basically a, uh, it, it's a rectangle bottle. It's it's a very tall rectangular bottle, very strong shoulders. Uh, Ancho Reyes is the brand of it. Um, yeah. You'll, you'll honestly ask your lo- ask your local place. You know, go to a uh, you know go to a big box store, Total yeah. Wine, Specs. Um, you know, one of those places, yeah. and they should have it. it. It's it's pretty common. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a rare liqueur. You're gonna have a hard time finding. You're gonna be. You're gonna be able to find it pretty easily. And then the bitters are gonna be the tough one to find. If you can't find, um, if you can't find these, uh, the the old forest or Bohemian bitters, I honestly think that uh, uh, Angostura bitters is is gonna be just fine. And honestly, I think if you do the orange bitters, I think you'll you'll have a nice little citrus flavor to this. And then definitely do the lemon peel because the lemon peel is going to bring out the citrus notes in this whiskey. Uh, it, it's it's going to bring out some some really good uh, flavor profile that I think you'll like. Now I've actually made this. It's really uh-huh. good and really dangerous. I, now I'm I'm all about it. Now I'm like I gotta go find some Ancho Reyes liqueur. It's like thirty bucks, um, and honestly, you buy a bottle of it and you will. We used to. Uh, yeah. You will. I mean, if. if Look, there's two things you use it in. It's this and mostly Bloody Marys. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Uh, and there's a there's two different ones. I think you just want the regular one because there's also a Verde. A Verde, yeah. Uh, just get the regular Verde, one. It's like yeah. a reddish, brownish bottle. Yep, 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 yep. Um, it just adds a nice little the, spice to I'm it. I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt for that. And, uh, yeah. Scott, I, uh, I could drink Old Forester all night just just send it all right well here's to jb and roxy so uh from all of us here at the speakeasy uh thanks for listening to season two i know we had a little hiccup in the middle of uh 2020 as we all did but uh, we all got through it together we're still here we're still drinking bourbon and it's onward to season three i can't believe uh we've been doing this for uh what Almost four years well, now. Well, yeah, almost four years. But say, so, yeah, a little, little more than three, but almost, almost yeah. four years. Well, almost or almost three. Almost years. three years, yeah. Almost three years. So here's the season three. We're going to be doing the bottom shelf matters series. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's the uh, the bang for your buck. You know, 2020 hit us hard, so uh, it's time to hit back, where we restock the I did, shelves. I did see some new submissions and I want to try I think Matt Holmes posted that old granddad bonded that was like yeah. sub 20 bucks I found a bottle the other day and almost grabbed but it was kind of at my my boutique store and they had it for like $27 so he's I passed on to, it I'm going to circle gonna back to bring and, it down and to figure out easy for us um, yeah maybe, maybe we'll that. you know and, and look here's the nice thing we may reach out to some of you to that that have mentioned these that that if you want to come on the show if you want to come on the show, we'll definitely have you on. So, if you have a uh, if you have a nomination for a short pour or something that we're going to be doing, we'll post the uh, we'll post the the show schedule uh, shortly after this drops, and um, 
you know, reach out to us and see if we can uh, see if we can make something happen. So, uh, here's to the bottom shelf matters that's coming up. We're excited for this one. A lot of good value. I, I know, Brant, you've mentioned a scotch that I have fallen in love with. Uh, that that we're going to be doing on the show. I'm not going to name it now, but we're going to be doing one scotch on the on the show for bottom shelf matters that I have absolutely fallen in love with. That I will never ever not have in my back bar. McAllen Amber? Uh, no. <laughs> Put out the amber. So, Brant, if you came here to learn, drink what you learn. If you came here to share, share what you drink. If you came in here a stranger, may you exit a friend. And if you came here for adventure, drink, drink up. It. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Songs in the cabaret, was I having fun? Till one night I didn't sing right, now I'm on the run. Oh, lay that pistol down, babe, lay that pistol down. Pistol back in mama, lay that pistol down. Oh, pistol back in mama, lay that pistol down. Here's a story of a roaring mind child. 